faithwire.com. Hello and welcome to 4 and 3, a podcast breaking down four of the most important stories of the day and three things you need to know about them, all from a Christian perspective. Today's Tuesday, May 25th, 2021. I'm Dan Andros. Coming up on the podcast today, calls for investigation into the COVID origins widen. We'll have the details there. Also, Saturday Night Live hits record low ratings after their poignant finale. I don't know about you. I want. I don't know if I want poignancy in my uh, <laughs> in my comedy show. I want comedy. comedy. And then our yeah. fact checkers uh, to be trusted. We're going to fact check the fact checkers. And John Cena faces swift backlash for apologizing to China uh, for calling Taiwan a country. Have these stories and more, all with. Trey Goins Phillips from faithwire.com. Trey, how are you today, sir? I'm good. I mean, it's just these stories. It's just been a, a, a tough couple of days for Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I think that John Cena and then SNL ratings are not too hot. No. Uh, and then, like you said, uh, you know, the fact checker story is just a, yeah. that one's a doozy too. So it's just going to be a, there, there's a lot going on on today's podcast. Yeah. And I got to say, I've seen a couple of Hollywood people. Maybe Hollywood, they're coming out of their their COVID R&R time, which I just find hilarious. Yeah. I've seen so many actors and actresses going, you know, COVID was just a time of reflection for me. And I'm just like, oh, must have been nice to just reflect in your mansion, you know, sitting by your, right. you know, running waters and ponds or whatever you got there in the backyard. And it's like everyone else was struggling to get by and frustrated right, exactly. that they couldn't go out. You guys, I'm glad you had some good R&R there for a year. So it's insufferable. Yeah. Hollywood's insufferable as always. But uh, all right, let's uh, let's dive right in, Trey. Here we go. Story number one. Uh, this uh, is the intensified calls here for where did COVID come from? Three researchers from China's Wuhan Institute of Virology became sick enough in November 2019 that they sought hospital care, according to a previously undisclosed U.S. intelligence report that now adds weight to uh, people calling for a fuller probe into what happened here. It's almost like China wasn't honest from the front. Uh, and it's very possible now, once a theory that was dismissed, that COVID-19 may have escaped from a laboratory in Wuhan. Um, the State Department fact sheet, which was issued in the final days of the Trump administration, um, which said that several researchers at the lab, which was a center for the study of coronaviruses and other pathogens, they became sick in autumn of 2019, quote, with symptoms consistent with both COVID-19 and commonal seasonal illnesses. Now, the number of researchers, the timing of their illnesses and their hospital visits come on the eve of a meeting with the World Health Organization's decision-making body, which is expected to discuss the next phase of uh, COVID-19's origins. So, the information that we had, uh, this is uh, uh, from the Washington Post here, the, the information that we had coming from the various sources was of exquisite quality. It was very precise. What it didn't tell you was exactly why they got sick. Um, so uh, the Wuhan Institute, by the way, they haven't shared any of the raw data, the safety logs and lab records on their work with coronaviruses and bats, which is where they say that it came from. Uh, and uh, they say we continue to have serious questions about the earliest days of the COVID-19 pandemic, including its origins with the People's Republic of China, said a spokesperson for the National Security Council. Ironically, China has uh, also said that the virus, th their defense to all this in response, to this, remember, they said that maybe it didn't start in China at all. 
Uh, and they claim that a military base in Maryland might have been the source of the outbreak. Uh, and there's absolutely zero evidence for that. So this should give you some indication of what we're dealing here with with China. Um, you know, China, China's other deflection was, ah, eh, they people just they got sick because they got the flu. Uh, and but David Asher, who's a former State Department official, debunked that idea, saying, I'm very doubtful that three people in a highly protected circumstances in a level three laboratory working on coronaviruses would all get sick with influenza that put them in the hospital or in severe conditions all in the same week, and it didn't have anything to do with coronavirus. He said, adding that the researchers' illnesses may represent the, quote, first known cluster of COVID-19 cases. So um, so that's the that's the sheet. And then what's the left saying on this? Well, this soundbite from CNN pretty much sums up the backtracking on this issue that's happening on the left right now. Check, take, take a listen to this uh, clip from CNN. This matters. Understanding where coronavirus and how the pandemic began matters. A lot of the discussion about the lab leak, I think, was clouded early on because there was the suggestion by some that it was somehow a Chinese weapon that that caused this. That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a lab accident. But we've come a long way from people dismissing this as a conspiracy theory to a lot of people taking this seriously, Maggie. So they go on to discuss it. But the problem with that assessment is that the Trump administration talked about a lab leak, not specifying that it was intentional. Well, we covered on this podcast the um, Drew Holden thread from last week uh, that highlighted so many examples of the press d- dismissing the lab leak theory. Uh, and they weren't dismissing it because they said it was a weapon. They were dismissing it because they said that it wasn't leaked from a lab and that it came from bats. Um, here's a here's a clip from the New York Times to give you an example of what the type of reporting was back then. So the Trump administration promoted the unsubstantiated. This is the New York Times. The Trump administration promoted the unsubstantiated theory that the virus might have leaked from a government-run laboratory in China, but many senior American officials have said in private that evidence pointing to a lab accident is mainly circumstantial. So there you have the New York Times. That's just there's a zillion examples like this. They, this idea that CNN is pro- promoting here that that Trump, well, Trump was just saying it was a weapon and the Trump administration was saying China used it as a weapon. That was crazy talk. But this this uh, lab leak theory, you know, we're taking this. It- no, they did not take it seriously at that time. They just said it came from bats. They accused Trump of, you know, being racist by saying it was from Wuhan, all the rest. So they're very much gaslighting uh, the history right now. So you got to it's you got to sift through the Internet and go through this stuff and find it. But it's there. So what's the right saying? Well, Tucker Tucker Carlson pointed out that the government of Thailand contacted the CDC and Tony Fauci's office to say that uh, its intel had picked up biological anomalies around the lab in Wuhan on November 19th, 2019, which is around the time that the Chinese researchers of the lab became sick. Mark Meadows uh, said Donald Trump told the world last year that COVID started in a Wuhan lab. He cut off funding to the same Wuhan lab over Fauci objections, and left the WHO over their pro-China bias. Now Joe Biden wants an independent investigation by the same uh, WHO. So he's, give me a break. So why does it matter? Well, well Trey, uh, I mean, I think it matters here for a whole bunch of reasons, but I mean, we it's, it's self-evident. We need to know where this virus originated from. Um, you know, there's a whole number of reasons. You know, we could hold China accountable. Clearly, they are not. You can't trust them to tell the truth. These are the same people that are rounding up Christians and Muslims, putting them in re-education camps and thought camps. 
um, you know, to, to indoctrinate them on, you know, communist government. Um, so you look back at how the press dismissed this clearly because of their anti-Trump bias. Um, they just couldn't accept that maybe he was correct. And so they sided with China over this and just went with the bat thing, even though there was no evidence for that either. So we don't we don't know where it came from. But the point is, the, the, the press just dismissed one of these theories out of hand just because Trump promoted it. Yeah, and I, I think it's funny, like when listening to that clip of uh, John Berman over at CNN yeah. saying, oh, we've we've come a long way. And like, you know, <laughs> we, we've just kind of evolved on this issue. And now culturally, we're we're OK with talking about the possibility that it could maybe have come from a Wuhan lab. And it kind of makes me it's like so the media will peddle an idea or a perspective on something like they're putting gas on this cycle. Uh, and then the cycle starts to spin, and then they will analyze it as if the cycle was born completely outside of them. It's <laughs> right. like, I mean, no, it's like you created this narrative, right. you gave it gas, you fueled it, you put it out into the uh, into the culture, uh, and it, then you can't act as if it's something that happens right. separate and apart right. from you. Yeah, it's your job at the time when we're dealing with, hey, where did this thing come from? It's your job at the time to explore all the ideas. They clearly didn't do that. They just picked the narrative they like better and went with it. I mean, everyone, yeah. everyone that, you know, had a brain and thinks for themselves realized that maybe like we can't trust China. I mean, who who didn't who didn't think that at that time? But uh, so you had to keep all options open as to where this thing came from. They didn't do that. And then now yeah. that you're right now, they look back on it and go, oh, wow, this is, a, this is an interesting idea. You know, like, come on. It's it's silly. Yeah. And it's also frustrating too to listen to I know that I have complained plenty of times about uh, about Dr. Fauci, but <laughs> it's fr it's frustrating to me that now Fauci is completely on board with the idea of uh, of potentially it came from a lab when literally 2 weeks ago the idea was just absolutely unacceptable to him. And racist like, and everything it, else, yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, an awful idea, absolutely, ba completely baseless uh, as far as reality is concerned. But now, just a mere two, three weeks later, uh, he's on board. <laughs> so my thought is just, if you don't like what Fauci is saying today, he will have an entirely new perspective in one to two weeks. <laughs> so just so, hang in there. <laughs> just hang in there. Maybe you'll like his next one. <laughs> Right, so just buckle in, and it will yeah. change. Yeah, good, good. All right, <laughs> so, uh, all right. Here, on to the next story. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so, <laughs> so ratings for the season finale of SNL uh, over the weekend were less than impressive. Uh, so the show featured a prominent performance uh, by Lil Nas X, the rapper whose song uh, Call Me By Your Name showed him in the music video descending into what was, you know, depicted to be uh, hell, uh, and he then danced on Satan's lap. Uh, so if you remember, he promoted the song by releasing uh, 666 retrofitted Nike shoes with a pentagram and real drops of human blood in the soles. Uh, so that's just a little picture of, of what that performance was all about. So as for SNL, only 3.5% of households watched the show live or on the same day, uh, Saturday, and only 1.5% of adults in the coveted 18 to 49-year-old demographic watched it. And those numbers are tied with the week before for the lowest rating of the entire season uh, this year. So two weeks ago, much to the chagrin of many 
On the left, uh, Tesla and SpaceX founder Elon Musk hosted SNL, granting the show its third highest rating of the season, uh, with 4.8% of households watching and 2.7% of 18 to 49-year-olds watching. Uh, so that's that's how far it fell in just a matter of two weeks. Uh, so what's the left saying? Well, like I said, many on the left were angry uh, when Musk hosted SNL uh, because he's been outspoken in his opposition to COVID lockdowns and frankly, just because he's wealthy. Uh, even a handful of SNL cast members were angry that he was coming. Uh, Cosmo published an article ahead of Musk's performance uh, saying that, quote, no one is thrilled and fans have, quote, expressed their disappointment at the choice uh, by SNL to host Musk. The ratings, however, proved that people were thrilled yeah. and that people were not disappointed uh, with Musk hosting it. Uh, so some were also angry when Dave Chappelle uh, earlier in the season hosted the show because of some of his past jokes, uh, particularly on LGBT uh, topics. And others on the left were angry, too, when SNL uh, cast member, a regular cast member, Michael Che, uh, who is black, uh, poked fun at a popular popular internet slang often attributed to Generation Z. Uh, he was condemned for appropriating what some claim is African-American vernacular English, uh, and they said that it shouldn't be made fun of by comedians. Uh, so a lot of the left is just kind of pretty angry generally with the choices <laughs> SNL has made recently. Uh, so what's the right saying? Well, conservatives are for conservatives. There's not really much love lost with Hollywood. Uh, it's increasingly progressive and out of touch with the right and even with moderate Americans. Uh, even Chappelle admitted there's a problem uh, You know, in this day and age. He said recently, quote, no one can be woke enough for Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, why does it matter? I think we've watched, Dan, over the last several months, the kind of ending of the Hollywood royalty, uh, that era. Uh, there are plenty of people still invested, of course, but as a whole, I just don't get the impression that Americans care too much yeah. about what celebrities think, say, or do. I, you know, I remember at the beginning of the lockdowns, and we talked about this at the beginning of the podcast, like so many multimillionaire, billionaire celebrities posting on social media about how easy it is to yeah. quarantine and just stay <laughs> at home. But I think for most people, it was it's just super tone deaf. Yeah, uh, we watch these really wealthy celebrities in their luxurious houses, you know, in their pools, uh, golf courses, whatever, uh, telling us and lecturing us about how important it is to just stay home and not work, and how easy it is to reflect on all we have. And just I, it didn't sit well with people. I don't think on either side of the aisle. Uh, and then here's the thing about SNL. Our entertainment and media world has become so obsessed with like the political grandstanding uh, and, and political correctness yeah. and wokeness that there's just I, there's no room left for levity or comedy anymore yeah. at all. And it's just not funny. No. So why invest in this stuff? No, it's not. I mean, Piper barking in the background is funnier than half the stuff SNL does uh, <laughs> right now. Uh, Trey's dog Piper there making another appearance. But but yeah, I, I mean, they've just lost the ability to be funny. Like you could poke fun at this stuff and it would be more tolerable if they just if everyone was a target. But that's just not the way it works. They don't poke yeah, fun no. at the left. They just poke fun at the right. So what they've done is they've segregated themselves and they've decided like we're going to be a democratic operative comedy show where it'll be funny to all the people who hate Republicans and they'll laugh at the red meat jokes about how bad Republicans are. Uh, and then but then you're just going to alienate the other half. They're not going to watch it like I can sit through. Uh, you know, jabs at Republicans and conservatives and Christians, et cetera, when I know they're going to jab at everybody else because then yeah. everyone's just kind of getting, it's it's the funny things about culture. And and honestly, like even the old day SNLs, they would do some of that, but 
it was more just funny. I mean, in a van down by the river, a motivational speaker. Like, that's that's just funny. They've just lost yeah. that ability now. I mean, when I saw they said SNL's ratings, uh, or no, they didn't say the ratings. It was just like a headline on CNN or something that said, Saturday Night Live's poignant finale. And I'm just like, I don't want to see a point. What is a poignant comedy show? When I When you say poignant, I'm thinking of like, some deep, you know, issue or somebody, you know, is making a great speech just at a really controversial issue or something. Not a comedy yeah. show. Come on. Yeah. It, so many of these comedians just nowadays take themselves so seriously yeah. that it's just that they want to use their platform to preach. I mean, we've seen that with Jimmy Kimmel and with oh. uh, Stephen Colbert and even a, some with Jimmy Fallon. It's like, yeah. do you not realize that your job, the thing that people like about you is that you separate us from our everyday reality. Yeah. Uh, you know, you give people a break and you give them an opportunity to laugh. And there's just nothing funny about our entertainment world no. uh, these days because everything is so sliced and diced to make sure that it's not offending the groups that yeah. Hollywood doesn't want to offend, uh, that it's just, uh, I don't know. I'm it's just, just wondering. It, it's, it's so robotic now. It's yeah. like it's been focus group to death and there's nothing fun about it. I'm wondering when um, Hollywood is going to realize that it's no longer the hip and edgy thing to just be a liberal, right? Like, yeah. like I'm just wondering when someone's going to realize, you know what, coming out and like, repeating democratic talking points isn't the cool thing anymore that's just the easy thing to do you're gonna hey everyone's gonna celebrate oh my gosh I'm surprised another liberal in hollywood you know if you come out as you know with a as a open with your faith you know maybe you're supported you know conservative values something that will be that would be controversial that would be brave but yeah. no one's they're not gonna do it because that's not the it's uh that's that's the not the easy way they'd rather take the easy way and get the easy the easy cheers amongst their amongst their peers so yeah and i think too that's just that's not where the money is like we see people right, yeah. who are willing to do that yeah. when they do that they end up being blacklisted their so job like, yeah they can't yeah right right so. now there's just not the incentive yeah exactly so all right let's uh let us head into uh story number three here and uh fact checking the fact checkers you know you've likely probably seen uh, a lot of independent fact-checking labels slapped on various articles on social media recently in the last couple years, I guess. Uh, but are these fact-checkers really independent? Are they really trustworthy? Uh, outlets like PolitiFact popularized the fact-check. Now a lot of the bigger you know, publications, USA Today, AFP, all the rest, they have their own sort of fact-checking divisions. Um, and so, I mean, we looked into uh, some... I've been following PolitiFact for a long time when they came on the scene because they used to do all these fact checks on shows that I worked on. And it was always interesting to me, the spin that they would put on things, just the, the editorial decisions and what they chose to cover and what they chose not to cover. But I'll give you an example of a recent one. Uh, it was a fact check by Politi PolitiFact surrounding the January 6th Capitol riots. They were responding to a meme on Facebook, which they linked to, so it's the specific meme. Uh, and here is their headline. It says, Facebook post says left-wing activist John Sullivan incited the insurgents of the U.S. Capitol. They rated it mostly false. Now, they don't have a picture of the meme on there. They just linked to it. So I went and looked at the actual meme. And so here's what the meme says. And this is important because you got this is what they do. And you're going to have to look at this on other things that they do that they rate because they're tricky. So the, so the claim on the actual Facebook meme says, anti-Trump founder of radical left-wing group Insurgents USA 
John Sullivan incited insurgents of U.S. Capitol. Okay, so here's the fact. Sullivan is anti-Trump, so that part's correct. Um, he did found Insurgents USA, which if you look into that, which I did, it is radically left wing. That's correct. He is on camera inciting violence while in the U.S. Capitol building shouting, let's burn this expletive down. We did this expletive together um, and, and so on. And so the the base level things in the meme are all 100% correct. There is no disputing them. Yet the claim was rated mostly false. How did they get there? Uh, well, let's look at how they shift the goalposts here. They say, quote, there's no evidence that he incited the violence himself or led the charge into the Capitol. That's not what it says. That's not what the meme says. The, the, the meme that went viral says he incited it, which he did clearly on camera. Um, they didn't say he did it by himself or that he was the lead ringleader of it all. It's not what it claimed. Um, so uh, another part of it uh, said uh, that Sullivan, the guy, denied any affiliation with Antifa, although he has posted related hashtags on Twitter. Again, the original meme doesn't even mention Antifa. Antifa is not even part of it. So why are they debunking that part of it? It's not even in the original thing that they're looking at. Um, so uh, now with... And then they rate it mostly false. So that just gives you an idea. Something that's 100% true gets a mostly false rating. That's also an indication. When you see mostly false, it's probably true. Um, so, but keep that backdrop in, backdrop in mind. And the AFP and Twitter and Facebook are now out in force saying that no, Black Lives Matter did not voice support for Hamas. This was a recent uh, a recent fact check that they did. Here's what BLM tweeted. In the midst of Hamas raining down rockets on Israel. So that's the backdrop there. They wrote, Black Lives Matter stands in solidarity with Palestinians. We are a movement committed to ending settler colonialism in all forms and will continue to advocate for Palestinian liberation and always have, always will be free Palestine. Faithwire and CBN's headline there that received this AP fact, AFP fact check, which you can see the false information uh, label there on the screenshot. Uh, our headline said, Black Lives Matter effectively pledges solidarity with Hamas. Now, just a couple facts to consider with that headline. Hamas was elected by Palestinians. Palestinians elected Hamas as their gov representative government. Um, Hamas is currently firing rockets at Israel. The clear implication to BLM's tweet and why we wrote effectively, because they didn't directly say Hamas, uh, is that they are supporting this action. If they didn't, then they should indicate that they don't agree with Hamas and what they're doing. They're the ones that should have to clarify that. But the media and these fact checkers have leapt uh, into uh, into action here to go ahead and uh, and do their defense for them. Um, and so... Uh, uh, let's see here. Let me let me skip down here. Oh, and by contrast, this is where I wanted to go next with it. By contrast, when President Trump denounced white supremacists after Charlottesville, remember this, the press used his very fine people on both sides line to claim that he was supporting white supremacy and then giving them power. And, and everyone said he was a white supremacist because of that, even though he denounced them in the very next sentence in that same sent in that same clip that they pull. He said that he's denounced. He specifically said he denounces uh, white supremacy. So why is the standard uh, 
that same standard not applied to Black Lives Matter? Why do why do the fact checkers go out in force and do their spin for them? And uh, these these are questions that people should be asking about their press because they're it's clearly a one sided media right now. And uh, what's the le- what's the left saying on this particular issue? Well, they've they've created quite an echo chamber of influence, and um, they have the press. Think about this: they have uh, the press, they have the social media giants. They have Democrats creating a narrative. The media spins it for them. The fact checkers verify their narrative and social media giants then validate the fact checkers. And then it just goes on around and around. It's a vicious circle. What's the right saying? Well, the right's been complaining about this double standard for some time now, uh, but it just seems like it's going to be one of those mountains that might be just too high to climb. And so why does it matter, Trey? I mean, it just matters because truth matters. And um, we've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast. You know, we're all going to have our own little biases unintentional at times and how we see the world we have to be honest about those things and we have to look at issues as best we can um but we're we're, Mm -hmm. the media has turned more and more into a spin zone now um than than ever before and uh you know look we just need to pray for the truth to get out there because if information doesn't matter if truth doesn't matter and it's just whatever headline you can get then man we are going to be i mean it's an orwellian world standing before us Yeah, and you can even tell with just the way things are written, the way headlines are written. When a Republican comes out in opposition to something, it's always Republicans pounce. Yeah, Uh, Yeah. And I know that's something that a lot of conservatives have made fun of, but it goes back to the assumption that the media makes, which is that if it's a conservative or a Republican doing something, the intent is somehow nefarious. Yeah. Uh, like there, there is a wrongful or there's a malicious motivation behind what they're saying or doing. And with the left, the benefit of the doubt is always in place, sometimes even blindly, which is the case with this issue with yeah. uh, BLM and Hamas. It's, well, since they didn't explicitly say it, it's not even on the table as a plausible possibility. Yeah. And it's wrong to even suggest it. So like you said, we're going to carry the water for them. We're going to give them a defense uh, that puts them in a good light. We're going to extend uh, an unreasonable amount of grace to them uh, that we would never extend to a conservative. And I just happen to think with the, the, the January 6th meme that you talked about, like so the the Facebook's thing is like, well, he didn't it's not true because he didn't lead the charge right. physically. Right. I don't remember Donald Trump either physically leading the charge right. into so because he didn't lead the charge, he's not guilty of <laughs> uh, of inciting violence. I guess by that definition, Donald Trump would also not be guilty of inciting yeah. violence. Yeah, I mean it's uh, so it's just the double standard to me is so obvious that it's like it makes your head spin. Yeah, it does. I mean, and that's why you have to, because they just, they, they put word vomit out there and then just, they, cause they just want the mostly false label because they know 90% of people, 95, 99% of people are just not going to read it. But you, yeah, I mean, the guys on tape saying, burn it down. We did this together. And somehow he gets a mostly false label on inciting violence. I mean, that's, that's insane. Like that's just that's yeah. two plus two is five type stuff. I can see it with my eyes, and they tell me that's not what it is. It's just, and then that's the fact checker, and then they're the verified fact checkers for all these giant media giants. That's the world we're living in, and that's what I'm saying is we we can't sit here, and when you're trying to get to the truth of an issue on social media, you can't even look at the fit. You've got to go to do your own homework and run it to ground and read up, 
and look at as much source material as possible because everyone's spinning thing and it's spinning things and it's out of control. Yeah, and you know, I think as as Christians, we need to push back against that maybe our own sinful inclination to yeah. jump to outrage and to being angry. Yeah. Uh, and you know, like you said, really investigate the facts and don't just uh, you know accept whatever a, a fact checker says or whatever the Washington Post headline is or you know whatever. Uh, regardless of whether it's from a conservative outlet or a progressive outlet, try to dig in as best you can and try to look at it with a measured head and with a you know. A, a calm attitude because yeah. the outrage on either side is just, uh, it's not helpful for anybody. No, it's not. Absolutely. So, all right. Story number four. So two weeks ago, actor John Cena made a big mistake, uh, or at least he, <laughs> China and Hollywood thought it was a mistake. Uh, so he announced in a promotional video that Taiwan would be the first country. Uh, that's important. It'd be the first country where people could see the latest Fast and Furious movie. You know, there are nine of those movies now, by the way, Fast and Furious. Jeez. I don't know how they just how keep making them. How did that happen? Them. I know. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, this week, Cena released a minute-long video apologizing to communist China, uh, which does not recognize Taiwan as an autonomous country and uses military pressure to bully and intimidate it. Uh, China claims Taiwan is part of its territory. So Cena, who learned Mandarin to promote Fast and Furious 9, said this in his video to China. I made one mistake. I have to say something very, very, very important now. I love and respect China and Chinese people. I'm very, very sorry about my mistake. I apologize. I apologize. I am very sorry. You must understand that I really love, really respect China and the Chinese people. My apologies. So what's the left saying? Well, the entertainment complex, big tech companies, Hollywood, they've all been pretty conveniently silent on this <laughs> issue as a whole. Uh, it's usually kind of the elephant in the room that's ignored uh, regarding China. So what's the right saying? Well, Cena was called out by a whole host of people on the right, as have a lot of a lot of Hollywood has been called out by people on the right uh, for their silence on, on the atrocities happening in China. Uh, but this video in particular was condemned by a lot of people as absolutely pathetic, embarrassing, cowardly, really shameful, and, quote, not something a champion would do. Uh, obviously Cena as a former WWE star as well. Uh, so why does it matter a lot? I just cannot understand this. I don't know where the moral backbone is uh, here. These same celebrities are happy and all too willing to sign up to the belief that the United States is systemically racist and an immoral nation that needs to be rebuilt from the bottom up. But you ask them about China, which is a cash cow for the entertainment industry, and they can't be bothered to condemn the genocide <laughs> against Muslims, the persecution of Christians, the human rights abuses going on, or the inhumane treatment of workers, yeah. which, by the way, United States companies uh, who are all on board with the injustice thing in the United States benefit from greatly yep. uh, in China. Uh, you uh, yeah. know, I shouldn't say just the companies, everyday Americans, you and I, we benefit from the technology that we used was uh, put together uh, in sweatshops in China. Yeah. Yet we don't have these big corporations uh, calling that out or bringing attention to that issue. Uh, so it just is kind of like, uh, like some of right. those it's... people on the right said, it is so embarrassing yeah. uh, that Cena feels the need to just kowtow here. Well, and I, I truly believe that you're seeing a culture that is now Ever since George Floyd, I think something uh, sort of changed. And I, I feel like society and culture at large have just really sort of turned into a, a all-democratic talking point machines. And 
Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, because why why wouldn't you if you really were for social justice and justice of all forms, then why would it be difficult for you to speak out uh, against China like the NBA didn't do? Uh, why would right. it be difficult for Disney to speak out, you know, against China? Why would it be difficult for, um, you know, Apple? Um, and it's because they, they're just virtue signaling. I mean, it surely gives the impression that they're just virtue signaling. They don't really care about these issues. Uh, and you're seeing them more and more align with the Democratic talking points. Uh, and then, you know, like with the NBA in particular, they say, you know, oh, we want to have action and we want to make, make our voice count now. So go vote. And conveniently, they support all Democratic candidates. So, so um, you know, it's just hard to not see what we're what's happening in the movement and culture today as just being purely political. Yeah. And it's just uh, the, the double standard is nauseating to me because it's like a Hollywood and the, the progressive left is all about we want to be for the little guy. Right. We're, we're going to be the, the voice for the voiceless. We're going to be supporting the people who have been uh, systemically abused. And you know, we're going to stand up for the oppressed. And it's like, would not Taiwan fit into that? category it's a country of people who have been oppressed by the largest communist country in the world uh but you know we have to they set aside that moral compass when it comes to this issue because like i said china is uh, and obviously we need to coexist with china we need to work with china they're a force that's there uh we can't get rid of them and i'm not saying that we gotta keep them honest though because they don't but yes you need to hold them morally accountable if we're gonna hold ourselves to the standard we gotta hold everybody to the same standard or at least we should yeah and in israel as well i mean you've got dozens of arab countries around them they're the only uh you know as you mentioned the other day the only democratic society over there and yet somehow yeah. everyone's always criticizing them as the big oppressor you know you've got all of these outside forces coming down on them but then they're somehow oppressing over this little country the size of new jersey somehow they're the ones oppressing everybody it's uh it's really remarkable and um, political at the same time. And, uh, you know, as Christians, you know, we've got to be praying. We've got to be patient on this. And we and we honestly, this is where I really lean into just trusting God's sovereignty, because I think you can get mm-hmm. overwhelmed with it all and think, my yeah. goodness, like this is just a disaster waiting to happen. Um, but none of this goes, you know, God's not up there. Just, oh, well, they're out of control. I guess we'll just wait and see what happens, you know. <laughs> God's got things in control. Everything's, you know, under his sovereign plan. So um, I trust in that. I know we have to do our part. We've been given instructions and things and commandments that we have to do. I'll do those to the best of my ability, but then I'm not going to not going to let this stuff overwhelm me, even though I care about it. I'm not going to let it overwhelm me. But that's easier said than done, I think, sometimes, especially when you're going through the news of the day. <laughs> yeah. So uh, for sure. And, and it's I mean, it, I don't know how someone can go through this life without trusting uh, in God or his sovereignty because, you know, we can at least rest on that as believers that God is in control. Yeah, absolutely. All right. That is all the time uh, we have for today. Thanks for being here. Uh, As always, we'll be back tomorrow with more news from a Christian perspective. Head on over to CBNnews.com and Faithwire.com for more news from that Christian perspective. God bless you. Have a great day. We will see you tomorrow.